It was a busy morning when Abraham Lincoln was walking through uh, a busy market area. And uh, he heard this commotion from a nearby warehouse. Uh, so him and his bodyguards uh, went over to check it out. And as they went over to check it out, they, uh, they saw that at the front of the, uh, the warehouse uh, was an auction going on. And it was just packed, rammed from side to side, front to back, full of people. And uh, lives were being sold and, 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 and purchased. And Abraham Lincoln um, saw this beautiful uh, black slave girl at the front and uh, looking no older than 13, 14. And the story is recounted that Abraham Lincoln saw that literally uh, the men in, in the room were falling over themselves to, to bid on this woman, and then double bid, and then triple bid, and just going crazy. And, uh, and the story recounted is that Abraham Lincoln was so moved with compassion, uh, and he was elected president at this point, he raised his hand in the air, and the whole place fell silent. And people said, that's the president, you know, he, he's, he's about to bid, this is, just, this is crazy news. And, uh, and the president said, I will, I will double what the last person bid. And the whole place was in a frenzy. I can't believe the US president is, is bidding on a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a life, that this guy is so against slavery, what is he doing? And, uh, and, and his bid was accepted, Abraham Lincoln walks to the front, and he locks eyes with this young lady, and he says to this young lady, young lady, you are free to go. And she says, but, 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 but what? Like, what? He goes, you're free to go. You're free to be with whoever you want to be with. You are free to go where you want to go. You're free to go uh, when you would like to go. You are completely purchased. Go. I love that story. I love that story. It's one of the closest examples, apart from looking at Jesus Christ, of, of intercession. Interceding. Interceding means this, the act of intervening on behalf of another. And of course we've been looking at this prayer series at the moment. And on the, on the screen you'll see uh, just a list of, of, of kind of where we're going with this. We looked at adoration, we've looked at petition. Petition was good, Sarah was fantastic last week. Uh, today, intercession for yours is the kingdom, power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And, and as we kind of enter into this phase of, of saying the Lord's Prayer, we can't help but stumble upon your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. I think, I'm going to take a guess, I think most of us in this room probably know what it means uh, when, when it comes to praying for somebody else. I, I'd imagine, if I'm, being, if I'm being honest, that all of us have probably prayed for someone else in our life at some point, or, or, or something else, whether that was uh, just a situation, or a, a work colleague, or perhaps a relative, or just, just someone that we, we knew just needed prayer. Perhaps it was someone in this church that we've prayed for. I think most of us get there when it comes to intercession. But I wanted to kind of take a step back from prayer this morning, if you permit me. And I want us to look again at Jesus Christ. I want us to look at the, the, the author and perfecter of, of our faith, where all this stuff comes from. And I think the Abraham, um, in, in Genesis 18, uh, Abraham intercedes, the Bible tells us, for Sodom and Gomorrah. Exodus 17, Moses uh, kind of steps in the place uh, and oversees the, the battle uh, with Joshua raging below. Uh, Moses kind of begins to just intercede and stand in the gap between heaven and earth. God, would you be with us in this battle? We move on in the Bible. Esther puts a petition in for her people. God, I'm getting in the way of my people. Would you save my people? And then ultimately Jesus intercedes for humanity. For you and I. And, and I just wanted to reflect on this this morning. I wanted us to remind ourselves of, of this story of Jesus Christ again. 
And I know it's so simple. I know we, we are, we've heard it a million times in our lives before. But I really felt like the Lord was prompting me just to say, slow down and just reflect on me again. Where are you at today? What's your January been like? It feels like it's December already in my mind. It's been so busy. And I just wanted us to stop and say, Jesus, let's just lock eyes with you. Who stood in the gap. Who said that, you know, we were, we were bought. We were bought by the enemy. We were sold. We were uh, irredeemable. And then Jesus comes and he says, actually, you are free to go wherever you want to go. You're free to be with whoever you want to be with. You are free to do whatever you want to do. Because I've bought you. What does that make you feel this morning? It's a bit frosty outside. Perhaps some of the frost in our hearts needs to be chiseled away at this morning as well. Why do we get so used to that, that, that majesty and, and how profound that is that we've been bought? And because we've been bought, we have a hope and an anchor. Jesus dying on the cross said these words. And this really was him interceding for humanity. He said this about you and about me. He said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Or they have done. And that just last gasp of intercession for you and me. God forgive them. Because they don't know what they've stumbled into. Forgive them. They don't know better. God forgive them. Because they can't redeem themselves. So I'll do it for them. I want to get into a big hefty chunk of the Bible this morning. And, uh, and, and don't worry about thinking, I need to make millions of notes on this. I just want us to be in that just place of worship this morning. I know that the Lord wants to minister. Midweek, we're going to do um, connect groups, and we're going to go deeper with this stuff. Connect groups have been really, really good. We've got the entire church journeying through the Lord's Prayer, and what it means to have adoration and petition, and what it means to intercede. Romans 5. If you've got your Bibles, please do flick, because we're going to go through a, a big enough chapter here. Uh, that you'll be kind of glad you flicked to. But if you haven't got your Bible this morning, don't worry, relax, it's on the screens. Um, but Romans 5, we've got this meaty, meaty uh, chapter that, uh, it's just, it blows my mind. And it says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody here agree with that this morning? Through him. That's intercession. We've also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. What? Knowing that suffering produces endurance. Anybody here ever suffered before? Kind of get what this means. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person, one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, and much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son Jesus, how much more now, than we, uh, now, we, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life? More than that, we also rejoice in God through, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. I know there's a lot there. 
That's a, a year's worth of teaching series right there. What does that mean for your life? Just think on those words for a moment. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, we have now received reconciliation. That's intercession. And I love that Jesus didn't just intercede. The Bible tells us, and I know many of us can can attest to this, he still is. He still is interceding for us. Check this out, 1 John 2, 1. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin, doing the wrong stuff, run away from God. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Romans 8 backs this up and it says this. Who then is the one who condemns? Who points the finger? Who can accuse you of all of the wrongdoings that you've ever done? No one. Christ Jesus who died... More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also, is also, is also interceding for us. What a thought. What a thought. Jesus, you didn't just do it. You're doing it. You are doing it. That the stuff that I just carry, the insecurities, the hurts, the, the things I think about people, the stuff I say, the, 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 the stuff that I just I conceal, Jesus, you're interceding for me because you're so passionate about me. Does that stoke anyone's prayer life, I wonder? Does that grab a hold of your heart today? Jesus is interceding for me. He's interceding for me. Wow! And does it forever change your outlook? Jesus, that is profound. Would you teach us what that means today? And if you don't know Jesus Christ and you're here today, I want to give you an opportunity in a, in a few moments to respond to what that means for your life. I know when I first believed, and I know so many of us can attest to this, when I first believed, it was, it was weird how quickly I understood all of the stuff that I've done wrong. Do you, do you get what I mean by that? It's just, it was like this super quick download just, and I understood the gravity of the things that I'd said, the stuff that I'd done. And I understood almost in an instant, in an instant, what it must take to wipe that stuff away. And in verse 2 it says, Romans 8 verse 2 it says, He is the atonement for our sins. And not for ours only, but for those of the whole world. The whole world. So we get to play in this intercession. We get to be that Abraham Lincoln figure uh, and get to carry this forward. I understood that I was a mess. You've been in that place. I understood that I didn't have it all together. And actually, in that moment of download, I also just, I got this real feeling of, of just how desperate the world is. Of just how desperately sad people around us are. People we work with, people we know, people we love, people we just have been praying for 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 a while probably. Jesus, you just need to do something. In that instant moment, I knew that I was saved, but I also knew there's a world behind me who didn't have a clue, who didn't know the hope that I suddenly knew. What does this do to our heart? What does it do to our lives? And in God's economy, it's almost like there's a, 
there's something happens. It's almost like when things are downloaded to us, when we accept his death and resurrection, there's an instant deposit of him in our lives. And this is what happens with a leftover Christmas chocolate. It's almost like God just begins to, to just deposit goodness into us. Whether this is a moment and we're worshipping, maybe we were someone and we said, Jesus, I want to accept you into my life. Or, or maybe it's a process of coming to church week after week, uh, just, just getting a little bit more good and, and becoming a bit better. Maybe that's what our thinking is. But actually, the more we spend time with Jesus and say, God, I realise like, what your death and resurrection means for my life. It's like this, this goodness, just, it's just left... And this is us, we're a vessel, we're just, we're holding God's goodness. Scripture tells us that God resides in you. Wow. I love that. And some of us might want to do this. And have it all to ourselves. And here's the danger. Hands up if you want some of this, this goodness. You see, we have some of this, heads up, we have a health and safety, uh, self, uh, health and safety check at the back there. Look at that, Brilliant. Is in date, I promise. Lauren asked first. It's almost like, but then we get to deposit goodness in other people's lives. This is the whole point. This is what intercession means. That that right now Jesus is interceding for you. But also, it's not just so that we can become this, this obese spiritual monster and that we are just okay. We have got to think about how we deposit the goodness. How we use what God has put in us to impact other people's lives. Sometimes people make me so mad. Is it the same for you? And I want to say things like, God, that man is it's just, just, you know, the way he flew across the traffic lights there, and then he wiped my car out. God, would you pop his tyres? Would you just pop his tyres on the way home so he knows who he's crossed? And then I think to myself, no, we've got to watch ourselves, because I think what we say, I think it can actually happen. You know, God is residing in us. We carry such an authority. We, we, this stuff is in us. What we say counts. And with that is a responsibility to speak life and to speak love and to speak goodness into people's situations. So we started a prayer thing, as I say, week in, week out. You've got to keep saying this stuff. And really the whole point was because we wanted to begin to speak life and love into our region, into our church. I don't really think, when you look at farming, that if you don't sow it, I'm not sure you can reap it. And I think for a while we just had to begin to sow the stuff that's in us so that we see it in the future. And it's been good. It has been good. And sometimes we get the quick wins, don't we? And we know the situation and a praise report. And we do a praise report each Sunday evening. And we're like, wow, that, that, that is definitely God. No doubt. That is that's crazy. God, that is so amazing. Thank you. And then other times we just got to keep saying to ourselves... We haven't seen it yet, so we're going to keep depositing the goodness. Because God, we believe when we match this with who you are and what your scripture says about you. And when we declare it, God, we begin to see this stuff just fall and it just happens. And who knows what will grow? Who knows what your prayer and you on your knees is going to do? There's this is a great phrase that says, uh, The hinges of history are found in the broken surrender. The hinges of history are found in the broken surrender. What do we mean by that? I think when men and women say, God, we are so broken, we are so desperate. God, we have not got this together. God, we need you, the living God, to move and to come and reside in this situation. Then we begin to see things crack open. 
And that's why three and a bit months ago we said, we're going to pray. We're going to pray and we're going to seek. What needs cracking open in your life? What needs cracking open in your future? The things that you just sit on, the things you know about. Perhaps it's, it's raising somebody. Perhaps it's being raised up in a workplace. Perhaps it's being sent somewhere else. Perhaps it's something that's been deposited in you. That you know is there. You know is good and is godly. And actually, we have to call it out. For he is the atonement of our sins. And not for, our, for us only, but also for the whole entire world. When we accept his death and resurrection, there's a deposit takes place. Do you recognise that deposit in your life? That's my question for you today. Do you recognise that deposit in your life? And some people say that this stuff, it, it kind of drips, it leaves us. So the reason we gather in church, because it's, it's biblical, yes, it's absolutely in the Bible. We read that, don't we? The disciples gathered, they broke bread, they worshipped, they, they prayed, they, they glorified God. So we know it's scriptural. But also, I think there's something really powerful about the gathering. Because I think the gathering in this context, there's a sharpening and an equipping happens. Last Sunday morning... You know, I want to be honest, I think some weeks you come to church, the kids are going crazy, you've got loads of conversations, uh, worship is incredible, the guys are just, you know, it's there. But for some reason there's just not a connect. Do you ever feel that? Uh, I don't know why we do this, but we kind of get led by our emotions, don't we? So church was okay today, I just didn't, I didn't feel much, is often the phrase we use. It felt good, I just wasn't feeling it. Uh, but last week, it was just, for me, it was a slowdown moment. And it was amazing it just to sense God's presence here so powerfully. And it was the same again today. But actually, in these moments of just, of just God, I recognise your presence. Allow the, those moments to be times of recharge and regeneration for you. So how do we spend what is placed within us. Romans 8, 26. It says this really tricky phrase. I, I want to read it nice and slowly. St. Paul writes, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for. You ever been in that place? Prayer life's a bit dry. <laughs> we're, we're praying for the same three or four things. Three of them are us, one of them someone else. And, uh, and, uh, but, or, or we have been praying, and, and sometimes, without, you know, kind of all joking aside, sometimes we just kind of stop praying, don't we? And, and we just don't know why we can't really kind of get ourselves going again with prayer. And, and St. Paul says, We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. Through world, wordless groans. Through wordless groans. And I think when we come and worship on a morning, I think when we go about our day-to-day -day activity and we, we do the work routine and the, uh, maybe the family routine and whatever else is going on, I like that thought of the Spirit is interceding for us. Through groans. Through groans. There's this word in, in the New Testament, and it's called, I want to slaughter it in a Teesside accent, but it's splaganisi, splaganisi. And it's this phrase and expression of, of when God gets hold of your gut. And when you're moved so much by the presence and the power of God. And this happens. It's almost like your gut is being ripped out. Because we begin to stand in the gap. We begin to feel what God feels. We begin with this groan and expression. 
to suddenly get an understanding of what God feels for humanity. And splaganese is, is, is a, it's another word, it's, it's the root word for compassion. For compassion. And in our worship, as we worship God, my understanding is, you know, the moment when, when God downloaded this stuff to me, of this, this stuff I've realised I've been doing and been saying, but I recognised that actually there was life and that God had rescued me. In that moment, it felt like my guts were being ripped out. It felt like, actually, there's a queue of people, there's a world of people, there's a whole army of people behind me, who, God, you just need to move in their lives. And the Bible says it's compassion. It's a moving of the gut. And God's saying, this is what I want to do in your life. And I want to challenge us, church. I want to challenge us in our worship to say to Jesus today, Jesus, would you move in my life so that I get a picture of what you feel about the world around me? And I think this stuff moves us to intercede. It moves us to pray. It, it focuses. It, it, it kind of realigns our prayer life. It adds so much wind to the fire. It adds so much wood to be stoked and, and to be burnt up into the fire of our prayer lives. Are you here today feeling a bit dry? Is your prayer life feeling a bit despondent? That it's a one-way conversation. I would invite us today, church, again, to say, God, I want to realign all that I am to all that you are. And that as I say that prayer, that it's the Holy Spirit you're interceding for me, that there's something in the spiritual that has been ripped apart and there's been something that's formed. Because the Spirit groans and moves. And I think when we look at prayer in our church, let's look at the Sunday evenings. If you can make it, great. Look at connect groups. We pray there too. Find those moments of deposit in your life. But also, the stuff that is deposited is the stuff that will come out. If you're feeling dry today, perhaps you just need a deposit. And remember what the deposit is? What is it? It's recognising and knowing that Jesus Christ died and that he rose again, scripture tells us. And when we recognise that and proclaim that, there's a deposit in us. It's been so encouraging to look at Facebook. I'm not sure whether you're on the Facebook group. On the Facebook group, you see these, uh, there's quite a lot actually, prayer requests each week. Hey, can you pray for X, Y, and Z? Can you pray for, for this? Can you, you know, hey church, this has happened, I need somebody to pray. And, and you just see a bunch of comments. We're praying, standing with you, standing shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, definitely got your back on this. And isn't it so encouraging to see that? I, I, it's been like, that is great. That's the church interceding. And I think we all get what it means to pray for somebody else. I want to take it a step further. And if you're in a connect group, um, we're going to look at this some more. But I want, I want you to encourage you. I want to encourage you. We're going to say this so many times. To find someone or find two people in this room or who aren't here today. And, and find a tray, a tray, a prayer triplet. It's lack of sleep. A prayer triplet. Because I think in threes, the Bible says two things. One, that God hangs out where two or more are gathered. He resides. But also, actually, when we pray and we begin to lock arms with each other and there's unity it commands a blessing. And I wonder if we can just find those moments of sin. Do you know what? Hey, hey, James. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Sally. We've got any Sally's in church. Hey, um, uh, I don't know. Peter. 
I think we have a connection. I like you. I think you like me. Should we get together every, every week, every other week? Maybe we can Google Hangout if lives are so busy that week or, you know, FaceTime. I wonder if we can just pray and journey. I wonder if we can pray together for, for 20 minutes, 15 minutes, half an hour. But I wonder if in the between times we can just be praying for each other's situations. Maybe a WhatsApp group will sort this out. Maybe a, hey, this is going on at work, can you guys just pray? Wouldn't it be great? I think this would add a real level to our church. Just know that people are praying for you, just are for you, and we all for each other. But I think just to break this down would be profound uh, on each of us. So I would encourage you so much, and we'll do this uh, reminder quite a lot, to find some people who can pray for you, who can just be backing you. And perhaps you've already got that. I'd love to just to hear some testimonies, some stories, if that's the case, of just how it's benefited your life. Can we find a prayer triplet? Uh, also, right here on your left-hand side is a practical, is responding to how God's called us to pray. We're going to have just a prayer area, uh, and we're going to have uh, just some sofas, uh, and just a nice space that's a bit kind of out the way, where our, our prayer team and, and our ministry team can just, and each other, we can hang out and just say, hey, if there's something that's going on, if you need some prayer, and we're just going to build this into the life of our church going forward. Intercession. We're standing with each other, and we're saying, God, this is heaven. God, we recognize that we're not perfect, that, that things will never be perfect. But God, we also recognize that we're here and that there's a, there's a whole host of people who don't know you. And that God, we want to bring both of these together. And we want to pray situations into being. We want to deposit goodness and speak life and hope across our workplace, across our friends, across our family, across illnesses, across the jobless who just want uh, need income and want stuff to change, against those who are just struggling relationally. God, we're going to pray. And when we pray, Jesus, we're going to intercede because you are interceding for us with the Father. This is going to change everything. So I wonder if our prayer lives can be stoked. I wonder if we can add some fuel to the fire. I wonder what God's speaking to you, to you about. With prayer. But let's again fix our eyes on the cross of what Jesus has done for us and what he's doing for us. Would you pray with me? And let's just think on this stuff for a moment. How are we going to respond? What are you going to do? What is Jesus saying to you? And God, as we wait, we just echo that prayer and that declaration from St. Paul of how the Spirit intercedes for us in wordless groans. God, I pray that you would today allow a groan from this church to rise up. That God, as you equip us and call us to prayer, 
that something in the spiritual, but also something in the natural would shift. God, would you call your people to prayer? Because God, we know if we, if we pray that you heal our land, that goodness flows. And Jesus, with our lips, we just profess and we proclaim that you interceded for us. And in doing so, you invite us to intercede for those around us.